What's up, little mistakers? Welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast, where we encourage everyone to find humor in their mistakes. I'm your host, Donovan McNeil, and each week my co-host and I have a guest on the show who opens up to us about mistakes that they've made. And Andrew and I laugh at them. Hopefully, our laughter will teach our audience, you little mistakers, that mistakes are okay. This week is a wonderful week, guys. But I'm also stressed, guys. I have like a major life decision that I need to figure out. I have a very good friend, uh, a girlfriend. I don't I don't know what we are right now. Uh, but part of the reason I don't know is because she wants me to move to Washington, D.C. with her. And we're at that crossroads, right? Like, I know that if I don't eventually go, that that's going to be bye-bye to us. But it's also like a big deal to move for someone. So I'm trying to figure that out. If y'all have any suggestions, should I play any mini money mo or like flip a coin? I don't know. I, I, I really don't. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about my guest. And my guest is Aaron Sheehy. This podcast is a few months old. Um, but back when I was in New Hampshire, you know, doing the Boy Scout thing, I hit her up. She's in Boston. She used to live in North Carolina. And I was just like, oh, you look like you make mistakes often. Come jump on the podcast. So I drove out to Boston to see her. And uh, we met at MIT in a classroom. And we were just recorded one of the best podcasts I've recorded to this date. Erin um, Sheehy, she's an improver, a singer, an actor. Uh, I like to call her a jote, a jack of all trades. Um, part of her story is about her being a perfectionist, wanting to get everything right in life and having a clear-cut plan. And then that plan going to shit. She had to become comfortable finding a path that wasn't her original goal and being okay with that. I could always tell that she was a type A person. She gave me that I have a color-coded planner type feel. I just felt that. Like it just it was her aura. But no, she's pretty cool. I really appreciate her patience with this. Um, I was in the woods finding myself. I need to find out a different way to phrase that. But basically, I was in the woods just figuring things out. And she worked with me and still did the podcast. So I appreciate that. You can learn from this episode. You can learn to just relax a little bit and take life as it comes. And it will be all right. So take a listen, guys. Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast, where we encourage everyone to find humor in their mistakes. I'm here with Aaron Sheehy. Said it right? Yes, that's okay. correct. It's not that hard to say. I just wanted to, <laughs> before I always ask people their last name just to make sure I get it right. Uh, so I was nervous. I, like, I always get no. worried about yeah. the last name. You did a great job. Okay, good. Uh, we met, what, three years ago? Yeah. 
doing comedy. It's been a minute. Mm -hmm. And I randomly hit you up on Facebook and mm -hmm. said, you look like you've made mistakes in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the most flattering Facebook message I've ever received. You look like you really, can I? curse on this podcast yes you did you look like you really fucked up yeah. a lot so. i can just tell by your profile picture <laughs> i was like she is fucked up at some point in her life she's doing well now yeah she's on the other side of it ready to laugh about it <laughs> she's good so uh thank you for i'm in mit by the way i'm at yeah. mit I'm, I'm so happy to be here i feel smarter already yeah does it like does the walls um, you know, I have uh, been in this building many times, and whether or not I am smarter because of it, I guess you'd have to ask my peers, but I feel like probably. I'm going to start dropping big words after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know big words right now. No, but that, they'll, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to get there. They're going to come yep. as I do yep. the episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so welcome. Thank well, you. I am glad you're not offended by no, the fact that of course not. you made mistakes in the past. Yeah. Uh, so the way we, do you know a lot about the podcast? Well, I uh, listened to some of them. Okay. Who is Aaron Sheehy? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you like to do? Um, yeah. Just if, if we were in an elevator and you just wanted to spill your guts <laughs> yeah. to me. <laughs> I wanted to give you the elevator pitch on myself. Yeah. Um, I guess I would say I used to be a very like type A anxiety-ridden human being who has in her adulthood um, learned how to be a little more chill, <laughs> which doesn't sound like I sold that to you based on how nervous I just was to say that. Um, but yeah, and I, um, what do I, what do, that's like maybe top line, Aaron Sheehy. Um, details, uh, I have always worked, I uh, out of college, I got a job working in a running shoe store. So my like, the thing that I make money from has always been like, sports and fitness related things. So I've worked at a couple different um, fitness brands. And so I like health and fitness and I also do comedy. So those are like the two big buckets. How type A are you? Um, or were you on a scale of one to two? Like probably outwardly. I don't know that you could tell, but like inwardly, I, I, just, I mean, I just did the thing that everybody does. Like I overthought everything to like, like the minutia of everything. Like, for example, dated one guy when I was in high school and he told me that he loved me and I said, I love you. And then all night I was up thinking about whether or not it was a good idea. And then the next morning I called him and made him meet me. And I was like, I don't think I should have said that to you yet. Like, wait, wait, so you like, <laughs> and, you and he was like, 24 hours? No, it was like, it was like, I love you. I love you too. I went to bed quote unquote, except I was up all night like, oh my God, like what is the rest of my life look like now because I did this. And then I like the next morning was like, we have to talk. I can't say that yet. How old were you at this <laughs> I point? Was like 16, maybe. Okay, okay. So the way I feel, I actually think in life, like type B's have to learn a little bit of type A ness yeah. and type A's got to learn uh, a little bit. Yeah, Because I was all the way type B. Yeah. Like, we could have a whole vacation planned and you'd ask me the details of it as we were leaving. I'm like, I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Like, that's how I am, which maybe that's what it is. Like, I have just adopted that, like, type B, the, like, good parts of being type B that, like, don't make me feel insane. Yeah, okay. Because that's what it was. It was like... I just like constantly felt like the world was gonna crush me if everything wasn't perfect, and uh, that's bad. That's bad to feel that way. And <laughs> so. I had to learn that if you know someone takes a week of vacation, 
to spend with me mm. and I have no details about how we're going to spend mm-hmm. that week. I understand why they're upset. Like yeah. I've learned. <laughs> right. I like because three days in, it'll be like, oh, we only we're halfway done and we haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've learned to t- tone my type B now. Yeah, this down a little bit. All right, so we're working. Yeah, we're, yeah working. we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, so you learned to be a little bit more type B. Yep. What else have you learned throughout life? Like, where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up in a little town called Union, Kentucky, that is um just like super north, like really close to Cincinnati, Ohio. So. The question I always get is like, you don't have an accent. And it's because I am basically from the Midwest. I was going to ask you, did you know LeBron James? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I did. No, I didn't. Um, No, I, uh, so I grew up there. My mom is from Florida and my dad is from Maine. Um, So my family is kind of like all over the place. Um, They did not like meet in Kentucky. They like met somewhere else and had to move to Kentucky. So we're like everywhere. My family's huge. Um, and crazy and I love them and um, I went to school at the University of Louisville and that uh, (laughs) that's kind of where I like um, the like indecision paralysis sort of like began was I was like I in high school I was like the student that like checked all the right boxes right on the yearbook staff no but I would but I would have been if I didn't have to sleep to survive like I did everything I was like in all the clubs I like played all the sports I like got the best grades like I was I like got and this is like all sounds like it's humble bragging and it's really like I was just like insane I and like I got college paid for which is great like that's the point of like doing all of those things but then I got to college and it was like oh you can do whatever you want and I was like um no because everyone's told me what to do so far and I like don't know how to I don't know how to like make choices for myself based on what I want. I just know how to like make choices that will check all the boxes so I can do the thing that I'm supposed to do next. So it was really like eye-opening to be like, pick what you want to study. And I couldn't. So I just ended up, I truly like switched majors like every every semester. And, <laughs> and then I graduated with two bachelor's degrees because I was like, well, I might as well finish both of them. And it was English and exercise science, both of which you can't do anything with a bachelor's. And I got out of college and was like, well, now what happens? (laughs) So I'm just like, yeah, which is the point at which I was like, I like walked into a running store where I like bought my running shoes and was like, can I have a job, please? That's how it worked. Like, <laughs> like, you, I don't, y'all can't see her uh, her emotions, but she like, I truly, yeah, I just like didn't know what to do. So I like printed out my resume and walked into the store where I had been like buying my running shoes all through college and was like, can I, are you hiring? And they were like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, can you be hiring? And they called me later and were like, we'd like you to come in for an interview. And I got hired full time and that's how it started. But it was like, I mean, I guess like things I had done probably made them want to hire me, but like, it truly felt like my whole life I had been like doing all the quote unquote right things just so that one day, I could just like walk in somewhere and be like, can I have a job, please? That's, <laughs> that's what all that was for. Every squad you were on in high school, like, it was building up for Yeah, it was wild. So anyway. Exercise science. Uh, what else did you have? Writing? English. English. Yeah. Oh, I can tell. I, I read some of your... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a I blog like, well, for a hot write. second. Yeah. 
it's dead now. You need but, an update. It's like, yeah. what, 2015? <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, I wrote one ringer of a post, and then I decided to retire it. Okay. So You, you went out on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You retired yeah. early. Okay. So you, you learned how to relax. You got your job at uh, what running? Or you got a run, job at Yeah, so I worked at uh, Fleet Feet Sports in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and, I, <laughs> I, and I worked um, for I worked for them for a year. I was working with their... Um, at first, I was just like a store associate. Um, and... Uh, I was just like helping customers like fit, get fitted for running shoes. And then I started working on their, like they had half and full marathon training programs and um, like 5k programs and things to get people like up and running. And so I was helping manage those programs and figure out their training and doing some like marketing kind of like the creepy eyes. What? Do you have the creepy eyes of people who uh, who run running stores? They can tell you how you walk and oh yeah, so you can for just, sure okay so yeah. You, that's like how I've made my living okay. <laughs> is like learning how to and be like yeah. Oh, you I know what shoes right. you need. Okay. Yeah, so which is like biomechanics. So it's like part of I guess the exercise science piece is like relevant but yeah that's like all i did was like gait analysis yeah, okay yeah so it always creeps me out a little bit when someone tells me that because i'm kind of flat-footed and they yeah. watch me walk so i was trying not yeah. for you to see me walk as i walked mm, in interesting yeah. well the wild thing is like i think people think that but the more that i have learned in i mean certainly i felt this way when i was in school but after working in the running industry for so long, like so much of it, like it doesn't matter really how you walk or run. Like there's no right way. It's about like how your body like handles the volume of training or like the type of training that you're doing. So like, I think people, like people would always come in and be like, oh, I walk wrong. It's like, no, it, <laughs> like that's not. You feel so much better. Yeah, you don't. You just like need a shoe that like works for whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. That was too much. We're, we're just, you should, <laughs> I always thought I walked wrong. Okay. All right. No, gotta, gotta there's no first. wrong way to walk. If there's one thing you could take away from this. Okay. There's no podcast over. Okay. Podcast is over. <laughs> uh, little mistakers. You don't walk weird. Tell a person, Aaron said that you walk yeah. just fine. I will put my name on that any day. There you go. Uh, I'm going to quote that in the description. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, all right, how did it feel to be working? Like, did you, had, had could you, this wasn't part of the plan no. to be working. No. So how did that feel? Like, were you just going with the flow? Yeah, well, it was interesting because I did have this, well, I did have to, like, grapple with this, like, um, like, when you're, like, the good student in school, like, people ask you, like, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a lawyer? Are you going to be a teacher? Like, these, like, this, like, weird manufactured list of, like, the good professions, like, quote-unquote good professions. I keep, like, trying to put air quotes up, and then I can't because <laughs> we're on a podcast. Um, and I, like, as someone who, like, always was, like, trying to do, like, the right or the good or the best thing, like... And then all of a sudden I was like working retail and there's like 200% nothing wrong with working retail. But like I, a part of me like had to learn that. Like I was actually like the people in my training groups, like some of them had never run a step in their life. And then they came in and got fit for their first pair of shoes. And then they like started at the 5k program. And then they, after the 5k, they were like, I think I want to run a half. So they did the half marathon program and then they were running their first full marathon. And I like got to watch them 
grow, you know, as a person in a way that is so meaningful. And like, especially in the run specialty world, I don't know. It was just like, I really had to learn that like, there truly are no small professions. Like you are making an impact on something, like just any small interaction you have with somebody is like making an impact. And I think now it like frustrates me because I think there's still like that stigma. I mean, obviously like we have AOC right now, who's like trying to fight that stigma a lot right now in um, Congress, but I think it's true. And I personally had to really think like, okay, like you worked so hard all your life to like have, to like be the best thing. And now are you like really doing what you want? And I think it was a good lesson in that, you know, what you want doesn't have to be defined by like this weird manufactured system of people telling you what's good and bad. Well, you and I were talking about that earlier where I told you it had been years since I, because I'm currently working as a rifle director at summer camp and I haven't been advertising that as much because part of me has felt like I went from working at this corporation to, you know, working at a summer camp. But then this week I taught this kid who was getting picked on when when he first entered my rifle range and I worked with him. You know, I worked with him extra and he ended up being the top shot of the week and got yeah. an award. And like just like that feeling of yeah. how happy he was. He can't every oh so that we had this thing called over program where you can do whatever mm-hmm. you want. And he would always come and I would help him out. And I didn't even tell him to come because he just enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And then uh yeah, so today when he got the award, like I was like I had not felt that feeling yeah. of proudness. I was like, oh, you know what, fuck what other people think, like, right, you know, about the job. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Like if you know what you want to like bring to the world, you can do that. Like in whatever profession that you have, it doesn't have to be, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to ask you, I need you to do me a favor. Okay. You got to stop doing ending (laughs) quotes that could wrap up the podcast. We're only like the first 15 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if you just gave a great statement, listen, if you just do what you want, don't worry about other people. That's an ending statement. They know they I'm don't gonna, walk weird. I, yeah, that's the important thing. I, for sure, I'm going to end this on some, like, dumb bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm going to go get groceries tomorrow, and that's the end. I'm going to give you a look like I'm proud of it. <laughs> like, give a thumbs up. <laughs> So I might have to adjust what you said. Yeah, that's okay. You can we'll fix it in post. Oh, yeah, we'll fix it in post. Okay. All right. So uh, some of the, I want to, uh, do you think that's the summary of uh, you so far? What else? Is sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty, I think I. What are uh, you doing now? Like, what? Are you, what are, how are you now? You're, yeah. You're doing comedy? Yeah. So I, comedy was interesting. It was something that I sort of found like as an adult, like when you like work for a while and then you're like, oh, I, I, I think as like a young adult, like when I was earlier in my twenties, I, I don't know when you're in school, it's like, oh, I'm in school and like I study and then I go to bed and like, that's the whole thing. But then you get a job and it's like, you can do other, you can do whatever you want because you're an adult. (laughs) You can. So I really had like after I, so I lived in Kentucky. I worked for the running store. I got a job with a brand. I moved to North Carolina to be a rep for that brand, which is where I met you. Um, but it wasn't right away. Like it was like two years into me living there that I, um, I truly was like a workaholic and my job was really fun and I traveled a lot and 
my routine was like kind of strange and with running your events you're like working a lot of nights and weekends so I was kind of on like a weird schedule um but after a while I was like pretty burnt out so I was like what am I going to do that's for me and that's when I started to do comedy um which has been like I know this is like so lame but like improv I think people are attracted to it because it's very like life lesson-y and it definitely was I think I credit it to to being something that taught me a lot of how to kind of relax and like things don't have to be perfect all the time um so I started doing that when I was in North Carolina and then when I moved up to Boston two years ago I was with the same company I moved up here for a job with them um my like immediately I was like I'm I have to get started at a theater because that's like how I'm gonna meet people and make friends I can't like let myself be a workaholic with no friends for two years before I get invested and then move away immediately like I did last time so I'm not planning on moving anytime soon but you just got to know you really I'm out <laughs> I know I truly Screw you guys yeah I will never I I will never forget I was like in for a there were four levels of classes at DSI at the time and I was in the last class I was in 401 and it was like the week before our showcase and then we were going to be like allowed to audition for resident casts and I was like I have an announcement I'm leaving broke our little hearts (laughs) and it was like all these people that I had been coming up through you know and like it's hard to make friends as an adult so I felt like really bad we were in an awkward sketch together yeah we were in (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) that's actually how we met i I was like i don't know you this sketch is awkward can we explain that to them i didn't know if you wanted to you Uh, go ahead and say it i was actually trying to remember like the specifics of it on the way over here but the premise was uh like gps navigation device to find a woman's Clitoris, yeah. 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 So uh, I was the woman, and uh, I, I happened to be the male. <laughs> and there was like a voiceover GPS thing, and we—it all happened. Nothing happened, obviously. Yeah. But it was behind like a window where they couldn't see what was happening. But I had to make certain sounds. It was great. Yeah. It was and, great. Fun. And that's how we knew, got to know yeah. each other. It just happened automatically. Yeah. It was also funny enough, I had like, I had some friends from my gym who I kept it from them that I did comedy for a really long time. Um, just because I was like scared. I don't know what my problem was, but they found they out. They found out you're funny and then disowned you as a friend. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I thought that would happen. Um, and they found out and they were like, we have to come to one of your shows. And so that's the one they all decided to come oh. to. And it was like four dudes. And afterward, they were all like, so um that was great it was a great show <laughs> and i was like we, i was just like we don't have to talk about it <laughs> we can just go get beer <laughs> like, yeah, there's no discussion here needed let's just sum it up <laughs> uh, yeah so then i was like i have to leave north carolina yeah you had to get out <laughs> <laughs> get out of here after that so, sketch I, no i can't be here anymore uh no it was great it was great and now i do sketch all the time. Same That's sketches? My, Is that yeah, like same. Your... I brought that sketch with me and I perform it okay. at improv That's theaters. How, welcome. This is me. <laughs> this is my uh, brand of comedy. This is my sound. So if you were interested, um, yeah, it's great. All right. So uh, let's talk about a mistake that you made. Oh, gosh. That at the time you thought was going to be a really big mm-hmm. deal or mm-hmm. you were freaking out about it. Yep. Type A, you was freaking yep. out. Yep. And you can laugh at it now. Yeah. Or at least not cry. 
Yeah. So this has been hard. I've been thinking about this for a long time because I think um, because of my the way that I am as a person, like I don't take a lot of big risks. Like I take very like calculated risks and they're usually not that big anyway. So when I was trying to decide what to like talk about, I was like, am I boring? Like, am I never <laughs> really fucked up? Um, and I've done like dumb stuff. Like I've like drank too much and like been an idiot for some reason. But I think in terms of like profound mistakes, it's like less about the actual thing and more about like the fact that I reacted to it so strongly was like, like the error was me like thinking it was the end of the world when it so wasn't. So like, I think every time I've made like a major life move, like when it was moving to North Carolina or when it was moving to Boston, like, or I recently quit the job that I came up here to take and for a job at a different brand. And I think, and that still feels really raw for a variety of reasons that we can dig into if you would like later. Um, but I like all of those things, like in the moment, I just felt like, like there's always a moment right afterward where I'm like, when I was in North Carolina, my dad moved me there. I got there before the two people that were moving in with me and they were bringing all like the furniture and the electronics and everything. And I like wasn't starting my job for a couple weeks and I didn't have a car. So my dad just like dropped me off. He stayed with me overnight and then he like flew away the next morning. And I just sat in this like empty apartment with no Wi-Fi, no like computer, no TV, no furniture, no real way to get to the grocery store. I was like walking to a Walgreens to like buy like Mac, like like Easy Mac and wine every night. And that was like what I lived on for like three weeks. Is and that I, like your, uh, <laughs> is that your like sad meal? Well, it was like... just like the only thing around. Like it was okay. the only grocery store. And I just remember like so many of those nights just like sitting on the ground. And it was the first time I moved away from home. Like, and I just remember like sitting on the ground in this like sad empty apartment in Briar Creek, like sobbing with like Easy Mac and bottled wine. <laughs> And just being, yeah, oh, that's cool. And just being like, what have I done? Like, what have I done? And my job was very isolating because I was a rep. So for a long time, I was like, I I just like moved here, and I like don't have any coworkers. I don't know anybody here. Like, what am I doing? And it truly like that's when I say like earlier. I like didn't have friends for like two years. <laughs> because, did you have like, a phone? Yeah, I did. But then like my roommates moved in eventually and they were like, like we just didn't really click or we just like didn't see each other because our schedules were weird and. No, it's a little too late, but there was these apps <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> no, but I've <laughs> never like been on those. I just like never, I don't know. You so, got you some free meals. Yeah, so it took me like so long to be like, to like commit to I think at the time I I saw the job as like a stepping stone to get to the corporate offices, which are up here, which that's kind of like what it's billed as. Like in the interviews for these rep positions, they were like, okay, like we're excited to have you, but what's the next thing you want? Cause it's just a draining job. Cause you're like on the road all the time and it's hard to sustain. So I think in my mind, I was viewing it as like, okay, well this isn't permanent. So like, why would I invest myself in this place? And then the result was that I was just like totally isolating myself from everyone around me instead of like recognizing that I was in a great place with great people and that could add a lot of value to my life. Yes, you were. Um, (laughs) You were. He's like, and you still left, so what the hell? Exactly, Um, I'm trying not to to hold it against you. I'm supposed to be bi- uh, unbiased yeah. as an interviewer. But it was like, yeah, I think I just like have a habit of sort of like 
like imploding on myself. <laughs> and I think that was like a long stretch of that. It was just like, I like, I let myself believe that my job was like all I was and all I could be. And if I like ever wanted to climb the corporate ladder or whatever, like I, I wasn't like allowing myself to really invest in the people around me and the place around me. And North Carolina is dope. So like after a while, I was like, maybe we should try to make friends. <laughs> and it was great. Like it was so great. And so then when I moved up here, which felt like a mistake for other reasons, <laughs> um, I like the first thing I did was like, I have to, which I said this already, like I have to like find a gym. I have to like find an improv theater and I have to get involved like right away. Cause I'm not going to let myself like be the sad macaroni and cheese lady. No. Again. Easy Mac is good. It, it's, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm past the Easy Mac part of my life, but yeah. it, there's a place for it in everybody's life. It was wild. But then like the, so the like second piece of this is like I, when I moved up here was another, like, I'm going to make this corp like move for my career thing. And Boston is expensive y'all. It is like, a lot of money to live up here and I like I didn't get a relocation package which was like a little bit of bullshit because I was like kind of recruited so I just like but I was like oh I have to like make a sacrifice for my career so I just like drained basically like drained all of the money that I had to move here and then for like the first year that I lived here I like didn't have money and <laughs> I like wasn't like I don't know. I was just like, why did I do this? What's like, your broke tip? Do you have any broke tips? Um, um, we actually in the office like had, I still did the like free food thing a lot. Like we would have like people bring in lunches for like other people and I would take a sandwich for myself and a sandwich for my dinner at home okay. later. So I would pill for food from the office sometimes. Um, and and it was hard because the flip side of it is like some of it I, I was like self-imposed because I was prioritizing like getting involved with an improv theater and classes cost money. So that was like every, I don't know, they lasted like three, two or three months. So like every two or three months I was like paying $200 or whatever to take an improv class because I was like, I have to do this or I'm going to be have no money and be alone. So yeah. <laughs> like, I need to do this. But uh, yeah, I was just like scraping by and I was like, for what purpose? Because now I know it's like just a job, you know, but I did want to like live in the city and all those things. So it's like, eventually you like get on your feet and it's fine. But at the time it really felt like, like I felt like I'm never going to be a home. Like I'm never going to have anything in my life again. Like <laughs> I'm going to be, be a homeowner. I'm just going like, to slave away for this company for the rest of my life and uh, never make anything of it. But you like, I don't know. Eventually, like, get CEO, yeah. like a CEO brand. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's like where I am right now. So I like that. Uh, I think was the like real life crisis was like, did I just make this decision to like climb this corporate ladder that I'm not even sure I want to be on? And if I did, then like, why did I blow all the money that I had to my name to do it? Um, I mean, it was fine. I like learned a lot and I really loved my job for a long time. But um, I think that's like what I was grappling with was like, why would I have ever like, why did I do this? Just to like say, I'm like, oh, I went, I 
moved up in the world. Like for who cares? Yeah. So what what do you do when you're what's the day to day like when you're going through that process? Like, do you dread getting up in the morning to go to work? If you're. Yeah, I think uh, hmm, that's a great question. Like, how do I like cope with that feeling of like, what have I done to my life? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm asking from experience. Because yeah. I I did have the every Sunday at about six o'clock. That yeah. Dread would come. I'm fucking going to work. Yeah. You gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah, I think my approach was to one make sure I was involved in things that were um, fulfilling me in ways that are not related to work which I'm kind of going through a little bit right now because I'm in this period where like every sketch I write is about an office and I'm like I can't I cannot write one more sketch about an office like I have to do other things that aren't like comedy or work because then you're like perspective and experience is so funneled into those two things that like you're not seeing the world as a whole thing um, which is not good so I think my priorities are like make sure that like you have a couple nights a week just to like come home and relax and be yourself and like do whatever you want but also like make sure that you are forcing yourself out into like other to things that are fulfilling um which is what comedy was for me and i was just trying to like find friendships and like get to know people that worked in other industries because like the running like athletic industry is very like like incestuous in a way like everyone is like friends with each other and then you like go to work together and then you go out together and then all you talk about is like running <laughs> or like shoes or like how or like the industry and it's just very like blah, like get me out of here so i just um like tried really hard to like surround myself with people who had experiences that were different than mine um so i could like m- remember in my brain that it's like this job that you have is not everything. There are other parts of the world. Yeah, there it, sure it's are. It's so crazy to think about. Yeah. There are other parts other than WebSphere. I yeah. didn't know that for like a couple of years. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Yeah. So I don't know that that's like a routine, but I that's definitely like what I was, how I was prioritizing my time. Does that answer your question? That does. Okay. How do you jump? Because you seem, because you were telling me for, that you struggle with taking risk and mm-hmm. jumps, but you've taken risk and jump. Yeah. So those two things don't go together. Right. So how do you, how do you take a risk and a jump? Like yeah. moving to North Carolina, right. not knowing anyone. Yeah, I think. I think my, I think like I might have said this earlier. Like I think I take like the only risks I take are very calculated ones. And I think the move to Boston was easier because I had already dined in North Carolina, but I, and I am stealing this quote from Sam D because I already listened to his podcast earlier today, but Uh-oh. I, <laughs> so hello Sam D if you listen to this. Um, I am also like not somebody who can just like, like I'm gonna move to New York now, like I, without a job or like without a plan, which I think is that like type A piece of me, like I, it would just, I would die, I think. <laughs> I would not, like, I would just stop breathing. I don't think I could do it. And so I, the, like, risk to move to North Carolina, I think, hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. But I, like, had a job lined up. Like, I knew I wasn't going to have to worry about paying for things. 
And I knew I was going to have, like, a roof over my head. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, wait, you also need, like, friends to be happy. What's that like? You just can't be. <laughs> well, what's the balance, though? Because are you, would you call yourself an extrovert or introvert? No, I am introverted, which I think is why for it took me a long time to, like, realize that I needed to have friends. Okay. Because I was sort of just happy to, like, be at home. Chill especially Yeah, especially because my job was so, like, it required me to be, like, in front of people a lot and, like, in big groups. Um, so I would come home and be like, of course I don't want to hang out with anyone. I want to, like, sit by myself and, like, go to bed early or, like, watch a show or something or go for a run. But then after a while of that, you're like, oh. Like, I would go to the gym and, like, people at the gym would all be friends. And I'd be like, I've been coming to this class, too. Like, what's wrong with me <laughs> that nobody is talking to me? And then it's like, turns out it's because... It is something wrong with me. I'm not making an effort, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm definitely, like, more introverted than extroverted. you probably do the McNeil when someone asks you to hang out, and you're like, ah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. You don't even even think about it. You're like, oh. Like, I even had this week, like, this dude did me me a favor. He's like, hey, you want to hang out after work? I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm just going to read. And then I was like, oh, that's how people, like. I know. He made the effort, and you just smacked it down. I know. I do. Yeah. They, well, especially now, I feel like I'm in, like, a lot of Facebook groups where people will be, like, just, like, send out a Facebook message that's, like, hey, everybody, like, I want I want to write tonight. And, like, does anybody want to go to, like, a Starbucks and write together? And I am always, like, that gives me hives. Like, I want to stay home alone <laughs> and write from the comfort of my bed. But, like, that's not how you make friends. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's, it's, you're having to learn. I had to learn it. Like, because whenever I'm in work mode, and like, let's say we're doing a sketch together, yeah. if people start having a side conversation, like, we're not working right I know. now. Like, and I, start, yeah. I start freaking out. Yeah. But I also think one, the other piece too is like, I, I have this like, like activation energy anxiety to do anything like I am so willing to find it out so that I don't have to do something that makes me like a little socially uncomfortable but if I would just like freaking do it when I get there it's like always fun exactly you know and you always come home for the most part like sometimes take time for yourself but like for the most part it's like this was fine it's good it was a good time yeah it's a good time so my, I have a, which I do a lot, like in, which is another like improv life lesson thing. Like I do that a lot on stage. Like I, I got in a loop last year where I just like, wasn't making a lot of big choices. And so I like, wasn't really having a lot of fun. Like, and my coach told me like his like goal for me was to like, but then, so, okay, back up. So I was, I like, we'll make big choices and I'll like have a fine time, but then I'll come home afterward and be like, man, I really wish I would have like done this or that. Or, and then I'll just like get in my head about it later. And, and he was like, go the next day and like, Hey, I told you I loved you on stage. But I, really didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really, I really shouldn't say that, which is what I told him. I, it wasn't, I don't love you. It was, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> whatever anyway but then my coach was like I want you to like challenge yourself to like feel like let yourself feel uncomfortable beforehand instead of afterward and I think that's like so like such a good lesson is like yeah like sometimes socially you know if you're an introvert or if you're not or whatever like in a new scenario you're gonna feel a little like anxiety about doing a thing that's unknown but like it's probably fine it's better than like two years in realizing you don't have friends. <laughs> yeah, true. Very <laughs> like, true. So but you might as well like feel uncomfortable for two minutes early on and then You don't want for two off. years to be uh, yeah. eating mac and cheese no, and, and wine and uh, <laughs> you don't. I need to do something else with my life. Yeah, no, you don't want that. 
It was they, fine. They recognize me at the local Harris Teeter now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Walgreens people did recognize oh, me. Oh, they did? It was, oh. yeah. It was not great. So. All right. So you alluded to other mistakes. Mm-hmm. You, like you, like, they couldn't see your hands, but you were emotional. I know. I talk with my hands. It's not ideal for a podcast. Um, well, I guess like, uh, so I don't know. It's, I think I'm just like, I'm in a period right now where I'm like learning a lot about, um, like what corporate America actually means, which you quit your corporate job. So, you know, I do. I do. Uh, It takes a lot to get anything done. People want to move up and they're willing to do anything to move up. I, and it's like wild I mean I I don't know I I quit my job recently like three months ago because I got another job I didn't just like rage quit because I take calculated risks but it was like a very like I applied for this job that I have now on a total whim and I was like such a long shot I'll even get it because I knew there were going to be a lot of applicants and I didn't really like a lot of the like running industry is like like I said, everybody kind of knows everyone. So usually if there are openings, they get filled pretty quick because like someone knows someone that's looking for something. And I didn't know anybody in there. So I was like, I didn't have someone pulling for me. Um, and after I applied, the job like came offline a couple days later and I was just like, okay, well then I guess I didn't get it. Um, so I, at the time was like having a hard time at work because like one, I said earlier, like when I came up here, I like didn't get a relocation package, which really set me back financially. And I think I was like housing some of that bitterness because I felt like I had been really like pouring myself into this place. And like the least I could do is like throw me a couple thousand bucks to like come up here and continue to pour myself into this place. Um, and then I like, there was another thing that happened where there was kind of like what I perceived to be some like gender inequality things going on. And I had to like go to HR about that. And that was really frustrating for me because I, again, was like, I like, I don't know what I have to do to like get, you know, what I think is fair in this place. Like I wasn't even ever asking for like a lot. Like I just thought I was asking for truly like what I deserved. How are your negotiation skills? Well, they're apparently not great because (laughs) it's like no's across the board all the time. So like I, uh, yeah, so I was just like feeling very frustrated. And then I like took a new position at one point. And then like a couple weeks later, there was like a position posted that like had like the description of the job that I thought I took. So I was like, so what's my job then? Because I thought I took that job and... It was just like a lot of, and granted the like company itself is like very in flux. So some of that was just like, I don't know. There, it was just like a domino, like a series of dominoes that I was just got the bad end of or whatever. I'm trying to find a metaphor for it and it's not working. We're at the end of the podcast. You gave all the information at the beginning. You're on fire. I'm running out of steam. Um, but you know, I think I, I think it was just like a lot of moving pieces at, at my expense, not because of anybody's fault. But at a certain point I was like, I like, if I'm just going to fall through the cracks after like truly pouring myself into this place for, you know, four years or whatever it is, like, I'm not going to say no to other opportunities. And so I 
like randomly put my name in the hat for this other job. I thought it wasn't going to happen. And then I got a phone call that like they wanted to bring me in for an interview. And uh, they like interviewed me that week. They brought me in the next week for an in-person interview. And then they offered me a job like a couple days later. And my it was like a Wednesday when I got the job offer. And I had to tell them by Friday. And not only that, but our entire like senior leadership team. And my, my direct manager was out on maternity leave. So like the person I was reporting to technically was going to be out for like a week with the whole senior leadership team. So I was like, I basically have to choose by Friday. And so I got the, I got the, um, job offer. I went into this guy's office who was like a huge mentor for me and a great like person to have on your team. And I was like, what do I do? Cause I didn't really want to leave. I just like wanted to be like paid fairly and like have some respect. It wasn't asking for a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> so, like, so I, he was like, you need to like tell your manager, your acting manager right now. And so I like went into his office and I like played it very cool for a while. And I was like, listen, like I love this place and I want to be here. And I, I think I'm very valuable. Like I just need you to match this offer. And uh, I was not, like basically for like a day, nobody like he was like we have to like get senior leadership to like talk about it and then like nobody like talked to me the next day <laughs> and i was like is anyone gonna address this or am i just gonna like ghost out of here because yeah. no one like <laughs> they ghosted you <laughs> well it felt a little bit that way and then um the next day i like came into work friday morning and the man i was reporting to like saw me looking miserable at my desk and was like we have to like take care of this now. So he like brought me up to HR and they were like, we can't match your offer. And that's when I was like pretty mad and I like really lost my composure and I like cried a lot. She was like, we just need you to like go quietly a little bit. They like walked me out that day because I was going to a competitor. Oh, so it was... It was like, here's my two weeks, like you're leaving now. And which is fine, like that happens. But I, she was like, I just, I was like, I'm just, I'll just go downstairs and like get my stuff and say bye. And she was like, oh, you really like, we really need this to be like professional. And I was like, okay. And so I like left her office and just like sobbed <laughs> and like so loudly was like, I'm leaving. I just like couldn't contain myself, which whatever. So like, I don't know. It was... I was hoping you had a good, a better quitting story. No, than I it did. was like, well, yeah, I heard yours on the last podcast, and I, yeah, it was just like a hard, it was like a hard way to end because I had spent so much time with this place, and I really like cared a lot about, and I still care a lot about like the people that are there and like what they're doing for running and like an industry that I really care about, and I just felt really like, like this isn't, like this isn't how I saw this ending, you know, like I. I didn't want to like be on top, but I wanted to like always be in the trenches, like fighting for this place. But like, you never grow how you plan. Yeah, but it was like, sorry, Aaron. Like, this is a company. Like, this isn't your boyfriend. Like, which is what if you know? I I did have like a real. I don't know. So then when I started this new job, I was like, I really care about it a lot, and I like want to be there for a while, you know, and I want to like grow professionally and whatever. But I also like am trying to have boundaries because like I do not want to like sob my way out of an office again <laughs> it's like you want to really care about a job at the end of the day you know it's all business yeah them. right which is like what's so i just i don't know so i'm having a hard time with that because like i i want to care a lot about what i'm doing every day you know but i but i don't want to do that if i don't if i mistrust the place that i'm caring about which is like a, i don't know i guess everyone when they're starting out their career has to learn that like my the the guy that I that was a mentor for me, 
was like, you know, Aaron, it's, I'm so sorry. Like he was pretty upset too that that, that had happened to me because he was like really hoping that they would pull through for me. And he was like, the good news is that like, this is the worst this is ever going to feel. And the next time you have to leave a job, it's going to feel like so easy. And you're going to know that like you, it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to feel this way, you know? And that's good. Don't want to turn you cold blooded. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three jobs from now, you're just going to be cold. And yeah, I'm just going to be like cutting people left and right. I'm like, out. Y'all, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> No, you just yeah. gonna walk in HR, match this, <laughs> or else. <laughs> That's all. Honestly, like it was hard. It was really hard, but it did feel very cool to be like I, because I said when I, which I should have maybe not been so forthright out front, but like I didn't have time. I had forty eight hours, so I wasn't gonna. I didn't have time to like go back and forth with negotiations. So I was like, here's what I'm asking for, and like if you can't match this, then I am leaving on Friday. <laughs> And it was like very, it felt very powerful to like actually then when she was like, we can't match what you've, we can't do what you've asked for. I just like dead face was like, I have my notice downstairs. Would you like me to go get it? (laughs) It Your face changed when you said that. Yeah. And it was, I felt very, I didn't feel very powerful when I left her office and started crying. But in the moment I was like, I have a full house here in this room and you have nothing. So. We call it crying in the car. You, uh, <laughs> you, you, you stood your ground and you went and cried yeah. in the car. It's okay to cry and in the car. And now I'm like super into like just like like law in the workplace. Like I've read a lot of like <laughs> read a lot of like equal pay documents and like it really it's really like lit a fire in me that I'm like maybe I should go to law school and maybe that's like a huge endeavor. I want you to play the law and order music <laughs> just next time you walk in HR. Dun, dun. <laughs> I did have like one day I came home from work after like a really not great day. And I truly was like looking at law schools. And my brother was, I was like, I just like want to go to law school and I want to like fight them. Like I want to like, not necessarily like this company, but like I just want to like take people down, you know, in a court of law. And my brother was like, you're telling me that your solution to this is to like drop a bunch of money you're never gonna have on a law degree, and then in like 12 years, come after this company. Uh, <laughs> hey, like, do it. That's what makes I was legends. like, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> this rage is not gonna fuel steam for that long. Um, no, but it, I don't know, I just. You can put on the AOC business suit. <laughs> I know, I really, more. yeah, I really get fired up about things now, but I also am like trying really hard to be like, just a, a job like they don't like they don't owe me anything and i don't owe them anything so like i can just leave if i want you're starting to sound like a true businesswoman. <laughs> so, i can't yeah. wait you're gonna be smoking a cigar yeah yeah i came home then going on i came, well what's funny actually is that i came home that day my two best friends worked with me there we met working there and we both were like from other parts of the country and ended up getting jobs up here at the same time and around the same last year one of them moved moved away and then earlier this year about the same time that I left the other one left her job and moved away too and so the day that I uh they all happened to be here the day that I left and uh I like texted them when I got home and was like I was escorted out and I'm in my bed now already drinking and they were like we all have to go meet for drinks so we like all three of us got together 
and like drank bourbon at like 11:30 a.m. and it was like we just like looked around at one point and we're like isn't it funny that we all like met each other when we were these like corporate up and coming women that were like strong business women and now uh, all three of us are unemployed <laughs> and drinking what kind, and what drinking, kind of bourbon um I don't know it was whatever the house was but it was an old fashioned okay yeah so uh you like your browns yeah okay yeah it's like I started drinking um, bourbon when I moved away from Kentucky okay yeah okay out of so how, how did it feel to to step away from something you love so much? It was hard because I, when I was, I, since I had to leave, I didn't have to start my new job for like three weeks. So I had a couple of days where I was like, I need to like get out of the house. Cause there was a lot of like, I don't know. I still like all the people that I knew were in that building, you know? And I had a lot of, projects that I was working on that were going to be like launching soon that I really cared about. And I, I don't know. I was just like, I had friends there still that were like texting me about the like aftermath of me leaving a lot. And it was like really hard not to like get caught up and like let myself continue to be like caught up in that web. Um, and I still kind of feel that way, honestly, cause this wasn't that long ago, but I think like, the the ability to be able to say to yourself like like it's okay if you feel upset but like you can't like wallow in self-pity which is what I really had to try not to do over the next three weeks because there was like before I started at the new job like I didn't know if I was gonna get along with my team I didn't know if I was gonna like my work like I didn't know if I was gonna like the company I didn't know if my commute was gonna be terrible like all these unknown factors and what I knew was that I liked the job that I had before I liked the people I worked with I had a fun like all these other things that were like certain and it was really hard not to like hang on to that but I had to just be like you gotta like Sometimes you gotta upgrade. Yeah. You gotta, and you gotta hope it's upgrade. You gotta yeah. throw the risk yeah. out there. And it was like a three week vacation, which was great. What did you do? <laughs> so I just like, I read a lot. I like got up, I tried to like stay like getting up at a reasonable hour every morning, like not like sleeping until 2 p.m., which I can't do anymore, but I probably would have sometimes. Um, so I tried to like get up and like run or work out and then like come home and like, do chores or whatever around the house and then like read or like I had a dream of like doing a lot of like online classes for like marketing at like HubSpot but that never happened but I was like writing for my sketch group a lot because like it's often hard to do that when you're like working all week um, and like doing other things and I was just trying to like really soak up the like time for myself because you don't really I don't know you don't get to do that a lot even when you like take time off during the year it's usually to like go to a wedding or go to like a thing like you're like you're it's busy. not really a break. You're busy. Yeah. It's hard. Like when you're a, a busy person, it's hard just to chill. Like yeah. You feel like you're supposed to be doing something. Yeah. yeah like you got to have a to-do list. Yeah. But then people were like, you're going to get bored of it by week three. And I got to say, I, I didn't. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> okay. I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. But that's because I was still like, I still got paid out for two weeks. And then, so I was just like. Oh, you just collecting money. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Which was great. There you go. So, so what advice would you give earlier, Aaron? Oh my gosh. Um, what? Okay, I'm gonna rephrase mm-hmm. it. What age would you like to come in and give yourself advice? What age? What do you like? What age? What? Like, like if uh-huh. for me, I'd probably go back and talk to 16 year old McNeil. Yeah. And then 22 year old. I think I would go back and talk to 18 year old. 18 year old Aaron. She needs it the most. Yeah. 
because that's when I was like really in the thick of like this like chasing perfection life and I would just be like lady things aren't gonna go the way you think they are you hand her a barber to sit down and talk yeah yeah Yeah. because I was like in college I was like still like checking all the like I'm like getting A's and I'm like whatever like I but I was A's in college yeah oh wow I had the best GPA in both of my degree programs oh wow so but that's like what I all I had right like I had these numbers that like mean nothing now I'd have been so upset with it. You're a curve runner. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Have said I have, that. Yeah, and I and I think and I was like chasing all this like perfection, and I, it was like not. I mean, truly, like in all seriousness, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to like bring the world down in this podcast, but I like had an eating disorder in college and like was on medication for anxiety for a long time. I was in like a really like bad relationship that was based basically on the fact that both of us were like super insecure and it was like really toxic like it was just like a lot of like this like I like the world has told me I need to be a certain way and so I'm gonna get there and then it just like ruined me (laughs) it like ruined my brain and you just said a whole bunch of sad stuff and I couldn't (laughs) feel sorry for you because I know you ruined the curve for a bunch of slackers out there I can't feel sorry yeah, for you. So you shouldn't, because I was bad. <laughs> I was some of us that are counting on those curves. And no, and it was me. It was me that ruined them. Yeah, but uh, so I'd probably go back to her and be like, lady, chill. Lady, chill. That, would that work? <laughs> no. Okay. I, well, I don't know. I think I would honestly have loved to see what 18-year-old me would have done if a future <laughs> version of herself showed up, because she would have been like, her world would have been. I mean, every. I guess that's true of everyone. Like, who's going to be chill about somebody from the future coming to talk to them? But I really think, again, she might have just dropped dead. Okay. Like, this doesn't fit doesn't what I believe. Fit. This doesn't this fit the... Yeah. No. So, yeah. I don't think it would have worked. But I do think, like, she is who could have used it the most. A little what talking would, to. Oh, what younger me had done? I'm trying to think. He would have asked for money. That's the first thing. <laughs> Are we rich yet? And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I know. Well, it's like, because what I want to say is like, you are trying so hard to like do the right, like climb this or like check all the right boxes. But like, truly, you have a job in, you know, 10 years or whatever that you just fell ass backward into. And like, you're fine. Like, you can try so hard, but you it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what would have been funniest for you to have a time machine when you first got your job working at a retail store and yeah. you go back to HR like, hey, we're working at a shoe store right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen. 18-year-old, you would have flipped out. Yeah, she would have. She would have been like, what do you mean? What did I They're do? like, because you didn't, you don't know what the fuck to do. Like, you don't think for yourself, which I think was the... I mean, no, she, I like did think for myself, but I think there was an element of like, I just need to like do the thing that's I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But like, what is that based on? You gotta like figure out what you think you're supposed to do. All right. So this is portion and I'm glad that you uh, listened oh, no. to a recent podcast. Oh no. Because <laughs> have you listened to other, other episodes? Li- no. Good. Because I don't know what this is. Okay. <laughs> 
good. Oh, no. So I like to call it a motivational speech. Oh, God. And I haven't been putting in on the recent ones, but I want to add it back. Okay. We've, had, we've had some classic motivational speeches. That's why you're mad that I had great quotes earlier. Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> you were an overachiever. You said you were past that point in your life, but I guess you knocked I'm, them all yeah. out of the park. Uh, so yeah, usually I have music and I can put the music on if okay, you great. want it. Do you want the music? Sure. So yeah. what am I supposed to do? Uh, you're just going to give a motivational speech. Act like you're talking to a group of middle schoolers or high schoolers. This is a, you got invited to their uh, their oh high God. their graduation <laughs> to give the speech. They need to hear it. It has to be epic, or else a bunch of high schoolers are going to go out and not do great things. So the class of 2019 is counting on you. Uh, Remember how I started this by being like, I was insane and wanted to be perfect always. This is like the worst thing I could have to do right now. Well, here you go. I'm starting the okay. music. They need to hear it. <sighs> okay. You side into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you need to know is that you're going to sigh a lot in adulthood. Um... Things don't go the way that you think they're going to. They never are. They never will. Um, you can try your whole life to plan, to make a plan, whether it's like going on vacation or like what you're going to do um, for the rest of your life. And you know what? It's all could be bullshit. And that's okay. Um, the important thing is that you, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to help you through the times where you're not sure and that you always uh, try to have your own North Star that you're searching toward that's only something for you, not something that somebody else told you it should be. Um, get out there. You're going to crush your life. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated that. Uh, you're going to uh, crush your life. <laughs> I told you we were going to end it with something terrible. Like, uh, but but that's that's good information to yeah, let them know to relax. Yeah. Uh, my little mistakers are going to take that. They're going to change their lives because oh, of God, it. God, I hope so. Uh, and you took a shot at me with the vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was, a, it was a small shot. I took it. Yeah. I ran with it. I yeah. since then. Well, you told me you didn't feel bad that I had an eating disorder, so. <laughs> Let's not get that out there. 2019, uh, the human mistakes. Feel sorry for everyone but Erin Sheehy. If you had an eating disorder, she is the exception. <laughs> oh, no. It's only, see, this curves. is really where the humor mistakes is, is that now I can laugh about things that are horrible. There you go. Um, great. There you go. And you... Found something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Uh, what do you want to leave the people with? What um, do you got going on? You, and you mean it is, wasn't that speech I just gave? What well, do I got going? Oh, in like four weeks from now, because it's probably going to drop in like four weeks. Right, great. So, um, so what am I doing? Like yes. artistically? Yeah. Or like what do I want to plug? What you could, whatever you want to plug. Okay. Artistically. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where you folks live, you little mistakers, but I'm in Boston. I am in a show at Improv Boston on Saturdays called All Access Improv. Um, she can it, sing. I I do sing. Um, mostly in the comfort of my own home, but also the show I'm in is musical. Um, and sometimes I, you know, my mom, sorry, this is a sidebar and I don't want to like delay this anymore, but if you're trying to like get out of here. Oh, I'm not. I just, I <laughs> okay. thought we, I yeah, thought no, we, we are rapping, we're rapping. But you know, my mom, uh, so my mom has like come to a lot of my like shows and uh, my parents, I grew up uh, Catholic. I was like 
I don't know. This is a lot. I was like still practicing until pretty recently. So I like have Catholicism in my life. My family's pretty conservative. So my mom, um, I sang at a wedding, uh, my cousin's wedding. I sang Ave Maria last weekend. And um, yeah, which I love doing. Like I used to sing um, in church all the time. And um, my mom texted me afterward and was like, do you mind if I share the video of you singing Ave Maria to Facebook? Because my friends are always asking to see you perform, but I usually can't share because of the content. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what a dig, mom. (laughs) She was like... Your mom is saving you from judgment. (laughs) I know. But it's like, they're not always content warning pieces. I've only been in one show with you. I know. That is not... That maybe yeah, wrong That's audience. That's my I average guess. that I have to judge. <laughs> it's from like you. usually not that at all. And I was just like, wow, mom, thanks. And then also, it's funny because I like can just like see her little wheels turning of like she is trying to like show her friends that I'm like this. Like I live in a church. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're good. Like, yeah. No. Anyway, she's great. It was just I laughed a lot about it because I was like, oh no, my mom thinks I'm trashy. Um, she doesn't. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'll, I'll access. Um, I'm also in the Boston Sketch Company, which performs, I don't know when this is coming out, where we have a show in October 12th in Somerville, if you are in Somerville. Um, they're great. Um, my cat has an Instagram. It's at Little Black Louie. Um, it's very new if you want to follow her. Um, she's looking for followers. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Erin Elise Sheehy. And is at, that your middle name? Yep. Oh, I did not know um, that. That's my Instagram. And my Twitter is at Aaron underscore Sheehy. I, uh, Are you active? I am active on Twitter. Okay. I got into Twitter re- like when I moved here. Twitter's big in Boston. Oh, Twitter's your thing. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll follow you on Twitter Yeah, I don't, I'm not I'm like... I'm not in big Twitter, so yeah. it's probably <laughs> so, going to be like three months before I follow up on that's that. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Twitter's fun. It's fun when you want to make a joke that you know is just going to be for you. Okay. You just and like, giggle to yourself. Yeah, like no one's going to see this. You're drinking a bottle of wine but and some, uh, mac, and, and, some mac be, and cheese. Yeah. Okay. But then every once in a while, things that you don't expect people to laugh at, they really laugh at. And you're like, okay, well, I guess... So what's next for you? What's like, next for yeah, me? What's, your, uh, what's going on next? Uh, I, I, the plan B tells me uh, not to, the B and me to ask me not to ask you what's going on in the future because we don't worry about the future. <laughs> so like, bees. what do you, what do you mean? Like, like artistically or like professionally or Both. like, okay. They want to um, get to know you. Okay. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do uh, professionally because I just started a new job. So mm-hmm. we're just coasting, see how this goes okay. for a while. Um, I, <clears> hmm. <throat> Um, I have, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I, there are two casts at Improv Boston for which you get paid. And there's a little bit of me that is like, do I want to try, do I want to start trying to like actually make money from comedy? Which is a scary, just scary thought. Um, so I am in a period right now where I'm trying to like decide what it is that I'm like getting artistically out of the projects that I'm in and what I'm missing. I think the big thing I'm missing is music. Um, I don't do a lot of like I have there's music in the show, but it's not like a music focused show. So there's a new show at IB that's doing that's like a music improv cast. Um, so and I've also been thinking a little bit about trying to like audition for musical theater, which is like seems very funny to me but I it's just like something I miss you know like I sing musicals around my house all the time like why not try to do that if I'm missing it in my life so you teach people how to sing um no I could probably like 
warm someone up to sing. What suggestions would you have? Hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> you just brought this out of me. So I'm currently trying to learn how to sing. Oh my gosh. And uh, so here's, let me see, do, 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 voice. I gotta find it. Voice music lessons. So we're doing a lip buzz. Yep. So what suggestions do you have? Wait, are you in a like? Are you in like a class? Well, yeah, I am. I have coaches. Okay. So we're doing lip lip buzz. Yep. I'm the deep one. Yep. Lip trills. Um, I think the big things are like, like make breathing like from your diaphragm, like deep breaths and like controlled exhales, because a lot of people I think will like exhale a lot on the first note and then they are just like gas and I'm they done. can't like yeah. So my, I had a, uh, a coach once who, when she warmed me up, would have me like inhale and then exhale as though I was blowing through a straw, which was like an interesting mm-hmm. way to like think about controlling your breathing. And so like you <clears throat> have, I have one coach to put a straw in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So it like comes out in little increments instead of just like, <sighs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is uh, like keeping the sound like forward in your mouth. Like I again, I'm doing like hand motions that no one on this podcast can see. But I like, can see them. yeah, <laughs> and you're the one that's asking. <laughs> exactly. So, um, trying to like, um, <clears throat> how do they talk about it when we're warming up? Um, like we always do warm ups where we like pretend like we're chewing taffy and then like hum it out. So now I'm gonna do this on this microphone right now. And <laughs> I wish I had a note. Um, so like, mm, I'm chewing taffy, you can't see it cause you're um, listening and it's an audio medium. But like, mm, so you like have a note and you chew on it and then like you pull it out into like an O so, or like an O. So like, mm, and then it like makes all of the sound like very forward in your mouth. And that's like where you kind of want everything to resonate because when it's back here, it's like you're like Kermit the Frog a little bit. You know? Okay. So all right. So every now and then you're gonna get a random Facebook message right. asking, "Hey, what's this singing technique?" Yeah. Just a drop of voice um, memo in there. <laughs> Great. And that's how that's how we operate. Yeah, but a lot of those like things that you do when you warm up, it's hard to like think about them when you're actually singing like a song properly. But they are like. I don't know if you like did some warm ups, then you're like this. The next song I sing, I'm gonna focus on my breathing, or the next song I sing, I'm gonna focus on like keeping the sound forward. Like think about it one thing at a time. I think okay. makes it less overwhelming. So is that helpful? It is. So you've given my mistakers a lot. You've given them a singing <laughs> they're lesson. Like, they stopped listening. They're <laughs> no, like, no, they're still here. They're, they got a singing <laughs> lesson at the beginning of the podcast. They got some great knowledge, and they learned that they don't walk weird. Yeah, I feel like that's a good place to end on it. Honestly, if you had asked me at the beginning, what I should have said at the beginning of this is that there are three things you should know about me. Sometimes I say things that are smart. I don't think you walk weird, and I sing. There you go. I should have just said that. And that would have summed up everything. <laughs> we went about to do this. <laughs> Little Mistakers. Yeah. That was Humor and Mistakes with Aaron Sheehy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, remember, everybody makes mistakes, but it's okay. And do you have a catchphrase? Um, go, yeah, go to bed early. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're out. <laughs>